And it looks like we are live, but I don't have my mic plugged in, so we're gonna do that real quick. But oh, look, no. look, we're li- we're we're finally live here. Lots of like uh, technical issues, you know, work issues, but we're live. We're live, you know. All right, Mike is plugged in. Let's get this connected here. And the mic check. All right, we are good. All right, let's let's we're good. Let's try this again. Ryan, can you hear rewind? Me? Ryan, you hear me better now? I, I hear you good. You're good. All right, let's try this again. We are live. Finally, sorry for the little delay here, um, but we're live. Amazing episode tonight. Episode five uh, of Survivor season forty-one. It was absolutely phenomenal all the way around. I really like this episode personally. I think it was a you know great addition you know, to last week, which is another great episode. Again, I missed the recap last week. So I'm here um, back tonight. A little bit, again, a little bit hectic going in. Sorry about that. But once again, I am your host, Dylan Bird, alongside my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. What's up, Ryan? We're finally here. I was going to say the only thing more back and forth than the Knicks Celtics game was uh, Shan versus Ricard before tribal council. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, to your point, um, another great episode. I think that we can all agree that besides episode three, where it got a little bit over advantage heavy, this has been a really strong season so far, five episodes in. I think we can all also agree the characters and the players are really fun to watch. I can't wait to dissect what happened in this episode because a, a lot went down. Yeah, so look, a lot went down. Um, there's so much to talk about tonight because I think tonight did a really good job of like kind of blending in those uh, really big strategical moments also with a ton of strategy, which is what we've been waiting for. Um, so I'm really happy with the way that Survivors kind of pivoted from episode three where it was all advantages. And now we're, it's really starting to feel like Survivor is, you know, back in swing, really starting to feel like normal Survivor. And I'm so happy about that. Um, but first, before we get into everything, just want to remind everyone to like this video and subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter at Soul Survivor Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Soul Survivor Pod and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, uh, and any other platform, it's pretty much on all platforms. Anchor, go check that out. So, you know, subscribe everywhere. And look, excited to get going tonight to talk about everything. So much to talk about. And yeah, uh, obviously, we're again, we were a little bit delayed tonight. Sorry about that. Look, some things I, I do happen to work in sports and, you know, big basketball games were on tonight. The first, you know, big night of the NBA. So was following my Knicks um, until the end of that game. You know, again, got to pay close attention to things for work and such. And look. Got to watch Survivor while I watched the NBA. You know, all great times. But before I keep going out on a tangent, let's get right to it. Right, you know, into the vote out first, because that's what we've been doing for each podcast. Um, Jeannie voted out tonight. And I think that once Ua lost the immunity challenge, I texted you. I was like, Jeannie's going home. Like, that's what everyone would have thought. But the editing did a phenomenal job of making us think that it may not be happening. So hats off to them for that. Yeah, I mean, we were saying the same thing back and forth that, um, I mean, the immunity challenge when Ua lost and Shannon Liana had to go to the, the Summit Island together, we were at, I'm pretty sure it was A25. So we were already done with the challenge at um, only a quarter into the hour. So we, not that, my math is completely wrong, not a quarter into the hour. Um, <laughs> Basically, A25 and we're already done with the yeah. challenge. So it really seems inevitable that Jeannie was going to go home tonight. And like we were saying, I have to give the editors credit because I knew Jeannie was probably gone. I, I texted you and I said, I, this feels like a very big misdirect to me. It's going to be Jeannie. 
the editors did everything in their power to make us think, oh, there's a chance that Ricard might go home tonight and Shan may flip on him. Heck, I was even seeing some people on Twitter. I mean, granted, people may just tweet things off the top of their head without even thinking about it, but I even saw someone go, could, could Shan be going home? Like, Shan got a lot of backstory tonight with her mother, and, like, could this be Shan's episode to go? Like, people were really starting to overthink this because of all the tricks the editors pulled, so I have to give them a, a lot of credit here. That They took an episode where the results that was obvious and it could have been a really boring episode and they made it very exciting. And here's the thing is that, you know, you think about it, this tribe was whittled down to three already. We have to think that, you know, maybe part of the reasoning for survivor letting these tribes get so low is that, you know, you, these three players got so much screen time tonight. And not only did we get strategical stuff, we got so much backstory and we really got to see inside the dynamics of this tribe, you know, kind of the triangle of relationships and triangle of strategy that was going on here. Obviously, Shan goes off to uh, the, you know, island that, you know, doesn't have a name. She goes off of the summit. And then you got Jeannie and Ricard talk. And Ricard's like, well, I'm kind of just playing Jeannie here to make it seem like she thinks she has a chance. Um, and then I'm sitting here worried, like, well, this is going to somehow get back to Shan, which, of course, it did. So, you know, Ricard, maybe not, maybe playing a little bit too hard here. But at the same time, he had to talk to Jeannie. So this is what happens when there's only three people left. Shan comes back. Shan immediately talks to Jeannie. Uh, Jeannie and Shan look like they may have something. Shan and Ricard talk, and they get into a fight about the, the giving, you know, Ricard giving Shan the extra vote back. I think Ricard made the right move not to give her the extra vote back. Um, just something that, you know, he wasn't going to be tricked like JD was, obviously. And, and that was so funny how that happens, where, you know, Shan basically tried to pull the same thing twice, two episodes in a row, um, except for clearly she wasn't going to vote out Ricard. But, you know, it, it was seems like that to Ricard. So good job by him on holding his ground. Um, but I think that tonight really set up, set up the not only villain power couple edit type thing uh, that Ricard and Shan are playing, but also like it's clear that they're going to go at each other probably sooner rather than later. And I think that it's going to be phenomenal TV. Yeah, no, there was a lot of foreshadowing tonight, and we're going to get into it when we talk about both the summit and then also when we go back to Uwa and we talk more about Shannon Ricard's conversation because I really want to dive into that. That was, I love, I love two strategic players who know the game in a chess match against each other. And not only are they uh, great players, they're allies, and they're trying to outmaneuver each other. And it was very fun to watch. Like, I can't wait to get more into it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think that the, the, the story of this episode is that Shan has survived now, you know, four tribal councils with this Uwa tribe, and her name has not been written down once. Um, you know, Ricard got a throwaway vote in the first tribal council when Jeannie wrote down his name when Sarah went home, and now he got another vote from Jeannie before she left. Um, and then obviously, you know, Brad's gone, JD's gone, Sarah's gone. Um, like, Shan has not received a single vote yet. So that just speaks to how powerful Shan's social game is. Everybody thinks they're in good with her. And I also want to bring up, Dylan, before we go back through the episode, like Jeannie even says in her uh, exit words, I didn't use my shot in the dark. Maybe I should have, but I didn't really want to use it. I mean, I guess Shan is just making people feel so comfortable that they're going to be fine and they're not even going to play the shot in the dark. Now, granted, I think we've learned from the comments and from what we've seen online, you only get one shot in the dark. So maybe Jeannie's thinking, oh, if I can just wait until the merge, I might need it more later. But I got to think, if you are in a three-person tribe, it could easily be you. It, like, anything can happen, and it could easily fall on your head, even if you think you're safe. 
And Jeannie already thinks she's towards the bottom because she knows Shannon and Ricard are tight. Even if she thinks that Shannon's going to maybe vote with her to get rid of Ricard, I got to think that you're playing your shot in the dark if you're either... I mean, Jeannie should should have played her shot in the dark. Ricard, I guess you can make an argument that he didn't need to because he knew he was fine deep down. But I was actually surprised she didn't play it. So here's the thing is I'm thinking about it and like, all right, if you're Jeannie and you sacrifice your vote for the shot in the dark, you have to be... 100% sure basically that Shan is not with you um, because it obviously you have to sacrifice your vote and then it's a one, one tie. And then all of a sudden the plan backfires and like, you look like such an idiot if you play the shot in the dark, but you really had Shan on your side. Um, so I think that, you know, obviously a lot of credit goes to Shan that, you know, she did, she did a good job of making Jeannie think that um, making Jeannie think that she didn't need to play her shot in the dark. And she even said something about it during the tribal council. That's when I really, that's when it hit me like Jeannie's going to go home. Cause she said, I don't know if you caught this. Shan said at the tribal council, she's like, uh, you know, I think that the votes are really important. Um, there's no need for anyone to play their shot in the dark tonight. And as soon as she said that, I was like, Jeannie's going home because the other two were definitely not playing their shot in the dark. So that's when I knew it was going to happen. Um, again, obviously great job by Shan, you know, to kind of, you know, make Jeannie think that she had a fighting chance tonight. Um, and great job to the editors to making the viewers seem like it was wide open as well. Um, but yeah, again, Jeannie, she had to be a hundred percent sure basically that Shan was with that Shan was going against her because yeah. ha- if she, if like, again, you can't, cause you can't sacrifice your vote in a three person scenario. If you actually think that you're going to be successful in voting someone else out with two. Yeah. Well, it was great storytelling because Shan said early in the episode when they find the advantage together, um shan says the most powerful thing you have in this game is to vote and i I completely agree like the power to vote is so powerful in survivor because that not only helps you make moves it shows your allies who you're with like they say all the time if you're a luvu and you're winning immunities oh like you might think you're safe forever but like you don't really know if those bonds that you're making are solid until you go down to tribal and you put pen to parchment and you write down someone's name so that's when you know you're good and you have a strong alliance. So when Shan says at the start of the episode, you're the most powerful thing is your vote. And then she ends the episode saying, you know, I don't think anyone should risk their, their vote because voting is important. It was nice storytelling to see it come full circle. And I guess to what you're saying, that maybe was just her trying to tell Jeannie that, you know, just stick to stick to the plan. No, no jokes, but like uh, vote the way I'm telling you to vote. We're going to get rid of her car. She's like, okay, well, I'm fine. And she's not fine. So yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, and I want to, again, just dive into the whole episode in a lot more detail right now. Once again, if you're watching this live, be sure to throw anything in the comments. We will get to your questions all at some point. Um, if you're watching this late and you're not watching it live, then be sure to throw any questions or comments you have into the comments section, into the replies. Uh, love seeing all the comments come in each week. You know, obviously, we are we are doing this for the fans so love to see the fan interactions. But let's get right to it right now. Let's break down the episode uh, episode in a sequential way now that we discussed the vote a little bit. Um, so first, episode opens up with Ua, and Jeannie is basically right there finding um, that advantage um, that was re-hidden, the beware advantage that Brad you know, got voted out with, put back into the game. Um, it's the three-part idol. And wow, we have a lot to talk about there. First of all, there was some crazy strategy going on at the beginning. Some master plans into place once Jeannie found that idol between Shan and Ricard and kind of, you know, playing Jeannie out of this. And again, honestly, if you thought about it like this, maybe it was like, all right, they really kept Jeannie out, you know, when talking about the advantage. So maybe 
you know, that that's how the vote was going to go. But again, crazy way to start the episode for sure. Uh, what was your thoughts on Ricard and Shannon, how they handled that? And, you know, Jeannie as well. Well, sorry, my, my lips are getting chapped. Um, first of all, I was, um, first of all, I was thinking to myself that, and my, by the way, I, I, I sometimes watch these episodes with my dad. So it's, I think it's, that's fun because I not only get someone who's kind of like a super fan's perspective and myself, I get his more casual perspective. Like he just watches the episodes week to week to week. He doesn't watch these podcasts. He does not divulge into all the strategy. He just watches and that's it. So, you know, he's over here losing his mind. Like these, these young kids, all they do is all they do is just tell people about their advantages. They run right to people like the old players, like Boston Rob would be like losing their minds right now. Um, but, but I have to kind of say that, you know, Stephen Fishback always says that the um, that it's not always bad to share information because information brings you closer and it builds trust between allies. And I get that. And I think that he's always said you have to do that to a certain extent. You can't just give out all your cards. And I think tonight we saw not only with Jeannie, but with Xander, a lot of people are very quick to give up a lot of information, which I think maybe this is just the new era of Survivor. People are just very willing to give information to get people on their side. But yeah, I mean, see, I can't believe Jeannie, right? I mean, she left camp saying, I'm going to look for something and I'll tell you if I find it. Like she was already planning to tell them to, to have the three of them work as a, as a, a three person group, which she thinks they're safe and they're all good because, you know, we want to work together to, um, you know, go into the merge strong UA three. But like, if you know, Shannon Ricard are all, we're already very close and they're already very sneaky. I mean, you just giving them that, that information is going to set up what happens next where they just go behind your back and go, go do it anyway. But I will say Dylan, in terms of what do I think about the move is that I think that we've already seen why Shannon Ricard are great players because they've already evolved this to the next step where they now figured it out where, okay, we know now what this is. We know this is a three person advantage because Jeannie told us that Brad found it. This is what it is. And it has to get activated by certain phrases. So let's, we found it, let's put it back, but we won't open it for sure until we know that Luvu has found it. Once Luvu confirms they have it, we can just say the phrase because Brad already said our phrase for us, and then we can go back and not have to risk our votes. They're already starting to game how to move past it. Yeah, and I, I mean, in hindsight, Jeannie obviously should have just kept this to herself, and she could have activated the idol, and she could have obviously flipped. I think that's a very underrated thing that I honestly didn't even realize until now when re-talking about it. It's like, wait, Jeannie could have activated the idol tonight. They would have known she would have had the idol, but they couldn't have done anything about it, and she could have obviously flipped the entire game on her head. So that, you know, that's, excuse me, that's the uh, that's the downside you get of you know telling information like this it could be you know the reason why you go home now on shannon ricard's standpoint i thought it was smart to you know kind of help plan that and and you know let genie know that you know they were gonna that them saying it was not gonna mean that they actually opened it even though they actually did um it was really just next level stuff genie didn't really suspect anything she was like wow what a great plan like we're master planners I think it's just, it, it's so underrated how they really, in just a three-person tribe, each of them made themselves feel s like they were so tight and so close with Jeannie. Um, you, get, you get what I mean? So it was like, it was like, you know, Jeannie was in with them three as if it was a three-person alliance, but at the same time, there was only three people left. So how, you know, how could there be a three-person alliance when there's three people left? Meanwhile, Jeannie is telling them as if they're three-person team it just speaks to their social game so much yeah i um 
I feel like, well, first of all, going back to what you said earlier, because you were kind of saying, oh, you know, we saw some villainous sides of Shannon Ricard. Um, like, Ricard had like the, I don't want to say the line of the night, but he gave that that quotable confessional where he's like, Genie's like that spare tire that when we're done, we're going to leave her on the side of the road, which is ruthless because I do love me some Genie. So that was ruthless. But um, yeah, no, I felt bad because Ricard and Shan are clearly more experienced players than Genie is. And basically they're like, okay, we can pretend we haven't opened it yet. And we can still have her think that we're all working together on this strategy to um, get this advantage, but only have to open it once we know Lulu has it. So a lot of moving parts here already. And I I guess I should have seen this coming that maybe Uwa was going to go back to Tribal Council because they set up a lot of things here. I just thought for some reason they weren't going to lose three times in a row. So I will admit I was wrong. I was on the record on the podcast podcast last week saying I don't think Uwa will lose for a third time in a row. Clearly I was wrong, but I think this just proved that we should have maybe seen them going to tribal coming before we hop tribes. The other key thing that set up a later part of the episode, Dylan was that Ricard says, well, now that Shan physically opened it, she's now lost her votes until we know Luvu has it. Cause Xander already has it. So it makes sense for me to hold on to Shan's vote. Now they wouldn't have included that if it was meant nothing was going to happen, but this set up exactly what happens later in the episode because Ricard is holding on to Shan's extra votes. Yeah, uh, this was this was definitely a you know a big move by you know Shan again gives away her extra vote um, to Ricard and in return Shan you know gets to say the phrase. So that that was definitely something that was interesting. But at the same time, um, I kind of find it amazing how both and again we see later in the episode that Shan doesn't really trust Ricard that much because she says to Liana, just know. Um, just know that, uh, you know, she, she, Shan says to Liana, just know that I don't trust Ricard if I'm not here tomorrow. Um, and I think that I think was, that was interesting. Yeah, that was, interesting. That, that, that was a, that was a very big thing. Um, so it kind of just shows that like, they're like trusting each other, but they don't trust each other at the same time. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. Now let's go to Luvu here. Obviously Luvu. we, we didn't get a ton of Luvu in this episode, pretty much. You know the only you know thing we well, do. Well, Dylan, what else is new? What else? What else is new with this yeah, guy? I mean, a tribe that is going to continue to you know win. Um, you're not going to be able to see a lot of them because they're strictly not going to be voting. So I'm, I, you know, I am looking forward to whether you know this is a merge or this isn't a merge. Um, that we see next week, obviously in the coming attractions, it says there you know it's a merge, but there's some kind of twist that goes with it. Um. But look, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Not much else that was going on here. They were thinking about throwing the challenge, but then, you know, Nasir was not on board and, you know, he kind of seemed to be closer to them than it was kind of letting off. So they decided not to throw the challenge. But the best part of Luvu that we saw tonight was the amazing editing throwback. That was just absolutely incredible. And that was Nasir finding the idol and saying, I'm as confused as the goat on AstroTurf. Amazing stuff from Nasir. Well, yeah, this was a huge Nasir episode. So if you're a Nasir fan, whether you um, like him as a provider or whether you just think he's a fun character on the show, I'm, I'm, we were very happy to get a lot more Nasir content. But this was very interesting because like you're saying, once again, Danny and Deshaun are talking about wanting to throw the challenge um, and Nasir walks up on them and they're just chatting. And Nasir, as the competitor that he is, he's like, yeah, I'm not on board with this. It's never good to throw a challenge. Um I felt bad though. I felt bad because he was like, you know, I'm really close with the guys and the tribe is including me in conversations, which 
we know is not completely true because he's been outed a couple times, especially when uh, he told Sydney something in confidence at night and she ran back and told the whole tribe the next morning. So I feel bad because I feel like he is still on the outs. Um, and, uh, you know, and listen, I mean, we can always do like shoulda, woulda, coulda. But I feel like we might hear in post-game interviews, Dylan, that had Lubu gone to a first tribal council or two, Nasir maybe would have gone home. It, it, it's kind of like how we um, – I'm not going to give any spoilers because I we did get a comment once that somebody said just try not to spoil old seasons, seasons if you can help it. So we'll try not to even though sometimes it's inevitable. We can't always help making references. But there was a time where uh, in, a, in the last few seasons, the winner of the season – we've actually learned that there was a chance that if their tribe had gone to the first tribal council, had something that happened, then they, they maybe would have been out first. So I think that's Nasir. Hopefully he's long for the game. And I think we're lucky that we've gotten more content from him. Um, the only other thing that we get from Luvu before the tribal council, not, not tribal before the challenge, because at the challenge, Dylan is where we learn he found the idol in a flashback. The, um, the last thing was um what's it called the last thing was that they decided it was very quick i actually missed it i actually rewound for a little bit they said really quickly okay if everyone's not on board we're not throwing it so i kind of was right last week dylan i said they're not gonna do a whole thing about throwing the challenge and then just to throw it the next week and get erica out so clearly they said as a group they're not gonna do it and that's why lubu just dominated once again yeah look I love Nasir. He's obviously been one of the best characters of this season. And honestly, could, you know, we'll see. Again, I, I, I'm curious to see how his strategic game goes because we haven't really seen him do anything strategically yet. Um, but look, he finds the idol. He had that great moment where he's like, my daughter hid things around the house and I found them every single day. That was so cute. I love in that. Order, in, so order, in order to practicing, you know, practice finding the idols, he's been a, you know, an absolute tank in challenges, just carrying, you know, carrying Luvu. We did the slingshots tonight. Good for Nasir, amazing episode for him. But now let's go to Yase, um, where we had, you know, some interesting dynamics going on, stuff that I didn't necessarily. Oh, wait, Dylan, sorry, quick, quick thing before we go to Yase, I'm calling it right now. I know last season, last season was weird because we ended in the middle of COVID with airing. But if this season is mostly back to normal, and oh no, I guess it's not going to be because we're not going to get a reunion, probably, right? Uh. Who knows? Honestly, who I was knows? just going to say, if we get any Sia money, I'm calling it right now. Nasir is going to win the Sia money. <laughs> Hands down. Calling it. Yeah, it should be. It should be uh, interesting to see. Um, but yeah, Yase, um, some stuff, some, you know, kind of weird stuff going on is that, you know, Evie saying she wants to form a, a tighter bond with Xander while saying she's kind of just keeping him close to make it, you know, to make him not think that he's on the outs, even though he is on the outs. However, when you do something like that, your other Alliance members are going to start to get suspicious. And that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. Well, I thought the Yase stuff was actually very interesting. And that's actually why I was confused. I thought that Yase maybe was going to go to tribal council here. And of course, Ua lost again. Um, this was really cool seeing Evie go off with Xander and then Tiffany's back with Liana. And we saw from the, um, we saw from the, uh, what's it called from the episode where, uh, Voce went home that Tiffany is a scrambler and as soon as she sees the opportunity she's going to try to make something happen so as soon as they're gone she goes to Liana she's like you know I don't trust Xander uh, I also think that Evie is more close with him than she's letting on with us so we got to keep an eye on her I gotta say Tiffany does have pretty good reads I think a lot of us underestimated her coming into the season she's in that again she's in that older woman category she's not 
old. I'm not calling her old, but I'm saying she's in that category of players where, you know, the older females sometimes can go home first. And she's actually proven to have really good reads on the season. She, um, maybe that's her life experience, her being a teacher. She um, is good at working with different people of different ages. So I think that's why we've seen her maybe come a bit more alive as a player. So I, I, I feel like Yase is a really fun trap to watch because we've, we've seen a lot of Uwa. We've seen a little bit of Luvu and Yase. I feel like Evie, Liana, Xander, and Tiffany are all different types of players and they're all really interesting to watch. Um, but Dylan, I was just um, cracking up at Tiffany's eye rolls. Like the whole time Xander's talking to her, Tiffany's like, I cannot believe this, this kid is just not only showing me everything, he lied to my face and I caught him right away. It was just so funny to watch. Yeah, and I, I I think Tiffany has had a fantastic rebound this season. She has done a, you know, her and Liana perfectly execute going through Xander's bag. And, you know, Tiffany calling out that Evie could be the one calling the shots. Evie's somebody who could be dangerous later in the game. I think she really has a good grasp of what's going on. You know, it has a lot of social awareness, despite what we were possibly showed in the second episode. I think that whatever happened in that second episode, you know, the beef has been squashed between Liana and Tiffany. They seem to be really tight. And, you know, Liana did a perfect job going through the notes quick figuring out exactly what was going on. And then Xander tells Tiffany, I found the idol, stumbles all over his words. And Tiffany's like, I could tell he's lying from a mile away. I know he's lying to me, um, obviously, because we saw the notes in his bag and we were able to connect the dots that, you know, he was lying. So Tiffany does a great, great job of that. I think those three girls, they're in a great, um, a great, great position in this game. Mm -hmm. um, so I am very excited to see what happens with that, obviously with the potential merge coming, what happens with Xander, Xander's idol now activated. Um, just a lot of, you know, interesting stuff going on with Yase. And we do have a lot to talk about, about Liana, who I literally was texting you during the episode. And I said, as soon as I saw her, you know, yeah, as soon as I saw her Tonks. going through the bag and execute that perfectly, I'm like, Hmm, I've been saying that, you know, if she recognizes that Evie's calling the shots and she's, you know, kind of putting herself in that position to hide behind her, she's going to be a really good player in this game. And look, I, I, like I, like I called Liana doing a great job so far. Um, and you know, we have the immunity challenge, obviously everyone said the secret fit secret, uh, phrases. And again, I, we mentioned the flashback that we got, we mentioned the seer already, but yes, all three of those idols for Xander, Shan and Nasir are all active and all are able to vote now. That was, that was such, that was so good. And I should have seen that coming as well, where, um, Shan says her phrase and Xander has to force his, I feel bad. I actually feel so bad. Like Xander can't just say, Oh yeah, I said the butterfly comment. He has to repeat the exact phrase. Like I said, I truly believe that butterflies are dead relatives coming. Like he has to repeat the exact phrase. He can't just say, oh, I said it before. And then there's a point of silence. And then I'm like, okay, is someone going to say it? And then Jeff goes, all right, let's go. And then this year goes, oh, Jeff. And I'm like, oh, no. And then yeah. it's like, I, um, I'm as confused as a goat and astroturf. And I'm like, oh my God, this year found it. And I, I love the flashbacks. I think we started seeing this like three or four seasons ago. Maybe it was like David versus Goliath, but we, we actually used to, we recently have seen them use flashbacks more often. And this was such a good use of it. And, and I loved how they implemented it. And I think another amazing thing here is like, I thought that he was just going to be like, what are these people? I thought he was going to raise his hand and be like, Jeff, I'm confused. What's going on. Why are they saying these weird phrases? And then he was like, he said the phrase and I was like, wow, like I, nobody expected that. So that was unbelievable editing, unbelievable stuff. Now we have the immunity challenge here where, uh, you know, Luvu 
uh, again, dominates. Yase does a great job as well, actually coming in first in the challenge. Um, so good job to them. Ua goes right back to Tribal. And, uh, you know, the big part of the episode that I think is a lot of foreshadowing here is this summit thing where we had Liana and Shan go. And I think when I say foreshadowing, I think that they're going to be a very tight bond, um, maybe like a secret type alliance type thing going forward um, once the merge hits. And look, Liana and Shan really, really bonded. Obviously, there you know, was a great moment where Shan is talking about her mom and, you know, they were looking out over the ocean and it was just an unbelievable, unbelievable moment, you know, just like a character to character moment. And at the same time, I feel like they're really, you know, setting the groundwork for what's going to be possibly a power alliance going forward. And Shan obviously decides to protect her vote because she needs it. And at the same time, Liana does get that advantage. So he, uh, Liana has an advantage, which again, we're going to go over in a few seconds, but I want to get your thoughts on just the Shan Liana moment and bond. And yeah, you know, I was going to say, let's go into the summit for a second. Cause I'm after we go into the advantage, I'm ready just to unleash on the advantage. <laughs> but um, no, this was, one of my favorite parts of the episode and one of my favorite parts of the season so far, this, like you said, was a really powerful segment, not only because Shan, you know, opened up about her mother and she had a really troubled past uh, getting into a gang. And then she, you know, became a pastor that was really powerful seeing her and Liana uh, cry together. And it was so moving because like she said, well, first of all, it, I, we can see already the results of the, of the diversity casting that it's very powerful that, you know, these two black women are coming together and working together. That obviously is really great. And like she was saying, Dylan, um, you know, I've been with Ricard and Jeannie for 11 days and I haven't had this type of connection with them. And I haven't been able to share this. I met Liana for three hours and I already am divulging really personal information. So yeah, I think I agree. This is foreshadowing that we will see them, whatever the merge fake merge fake swap whatever whatever it's going to be uh we're going to see them rekindle at something at some point and i can't wait i also really like to see once again that like you just mentioned liana turned her wheel towards i'm going to risk my vote and shan said i'm going to protect my vote but it wasn't that they did it in in uh confidence this is exactly what happened with evie and deshaun where evie said to deshaun i'm letting you know i'm going to protect so if you want to get a advantage, I will let you do that. So we're already seeing, and this is why, Dylan, we're going to complain about the knowledge is power in a second. Uh, some of these other things have been questionable. The summit has been one of the best things, I will go on record, one of the best things of the season. And I we need more in the future, more cross-tribal interaction. And we should have been getting it for a lot more seasons. This is basically like what we said before with token chains and um, the cross-exile alliance. So... We need more interactions because now we, we we now have Dylan. Whenever we get to emerge, here's what we have ready for us: Liana and Shan, Evie and Deshaun, Xander and Danny, Tiffany versus Sydney. Th those are already four um, do not duos, but four connections that we have to look, now look for in addition to these tribes. So it's setting up a lot of good stuff. Yeah, it is really phenomenal. I love the summit. Um, and I want again, I want I want everyone to remember that one thing that uh, Shan said to Liana. He, she said, "If I'm not here on day 12, don't trust Ricard." I think uh -oh. you know, it's clearly uh, pinning that they're going to go at each other, as if this this entire episode wasn't basically a foreshadowing of that. So that's awesome. And now we have Liana who opens up the advantage. I'm assuming I'm sitting here as the viewer. I am not a casual. Obviously, we're big fans, and I'm sitting here and saying, "Oh, she gets an extra vote." Nope. 
she gets the knowledge is power advantage. She's allowed to ask one player just one question. Do you have an idol? Do you have an advantage? That player cannot lie. If they have something, then Liana gets the advantage. If they have nothing, then the advantage loses its power. I, again, just read off of strictly notes that you wrote down, Ryan, um, basically reading right off the note. And this is, again, I think this, this advantage, and again, we've spoken a lot about this already, and I want to get these conversations out to the viewers as well. This is one of those advantages that I think is a great advantage in theory, but there are several flaws at the moment based on what we know or don't know. Um, and we, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on everything and then I will give my thoughts as well. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I, I don't like it. And again, um, people on Twitter, you know, Dalton Ross, Stephen Fishback, Mike Bloom, they, they've already said it. So I, I want to just give them credit before I just repeat what they're saying. But it, this survivor is a game about deception, social manipulation, and what you're doing here is if Liana, and I, I know you're going to go into social game in a second, but if Liana has a good read on somebody and has a good connection with somebody and asks them a question, they cannot lie. They cannot come up with a countermeasure. They have to tell her the truth. Production will tell them though you must tell her the truth and they will lose that advantage that they got or that idol which can really sink their game and Liana just has to ask the right person the right question. Now, again, luckily she can't just say, do you have something? She has to specify whether it's an idol or an advantage. She can't just say, do you have an item? Because that would be even more broken, but like you're taking away someone's ability to lie in a game about deception. I think it's, it's not a good twist. And I really hope for production's sake, this doesn't screw somebody because again, we said this last season, we were lucky that extortion didn't screw Tony because you know, Dylan, Twitter would have been in flames if Tony Vlachos got eliminated that week that Sophie went home because, um, oh, spoilers. Um, <laughs> it's tough. You know, sometimes we can't help it. We're super fans. We can't help but say, re reference things. But the point is that if Tony had gotten screwed by the extortion advantage, people would have gone ballistic. They're just lucky that Tony outthought it and he beat it. But I'm hoping for their sake that this does not screw a player over because I think this is just so overpowered, Dylan. So I like the idea of stealing an advantage from somebody. I don't like the way this is being executed. I think that this, this is designed to reward social game. Okay. So for example, if Liana knows from her social game that Xander has these advantages, she knows to go to him and steal that advantage so that it's rewarding social game however i would like to take that a step step further and this is how i interpreted it first but this is not apparently what it is i thought that if when it said you cannot lie or or i should say when it said that the player cannot lie meaning the player i thought it meant that the player has to tell the truth so here's what i thought i thought that if liana goes to xander and xander goes no, I'm, you know, he lies and says, no, I don't have the advantage. I thought that the advantage is just dead. But clearly people are saying that, no, basically he's going to know that this is an advantage for Liana and he's going to have to tell the truth and then have to give that advantage to her. So I don't know how this is being executed. I don't know if production is going to be like, well, you have to tell him the truth. I don't know if Liana is going to be forced to give him the note and be like, no, you have to tell me the truth. 
Um, but I think it would take it. I think if that he, if he could lie and say no, then it takes social game an extra step and it makes him, it makes him have to tell the truth in order for Liana to get the advantage. That's kind of how I interpret it at first, but clearly people are think saying that he just can't lie and that's what it is. So I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. I'm curious to see if people in the comments can drop clarifications on how they interpret it, but this is how I interpreted the rule originally. Um, I'm thinking to myself, Liana has to get Xander to tell the truth. In that case, I think it's a good advantage because you're rewarding social game, but I don't think that's the case here. This is why we've been on record and other people have agreed saying, if you're going to have a lot of these new advantages or a lot of these little intricacies, you need to have like a URL to a website or go to cbs.com where you can read the notes because we didn't, we only saw like, I, I took a picture of it right down here and I, I it's, it was in one frame. So I, I can only see the top half of it. I can't see what the bottom says to your point, Dylan, I would need to, I would need to know, does it would Xander just lose it? And he goes, Oh, I don't know what happened to it, but it's gone. Production says it's been removed. Someone else has it now. Um, or does Liana have to physically give him the notes? I really hope she doesn't have to give him the notes because that's going to really lose a lot of trust in his eyes for her. Um, but yeah, this is why we need to see, what the actual advantage is and what the rules are. So that way we can, as fans and as podcasters, we can analyze it and we can kind of see, you know, what's the optimal, optimal move and what makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's really, really strong. And, um, and, and again, it opens up by saying, you know, information is power and it's going to help if you know something. Well, we already saw Liana go through Xander's bag. So Liana's not going to blow her load right away. She's going to maybe wait for a more opportune time. But if she wanted to, Dylan, she could literally have just gotten that note, turned around, went to Xander and said, hey, do you have an idol? Or I'm sorry, do you have an extra vote or something? And he's going to say yes, because she went through his bag and he has it. So it, it just makes it just really, I, I just don't like it. So I really hope this doesn't break the game in a, in a really bad way. So K Benia 2.0 makes a makes a comment here and kind of is trying to specify and says Jeff's gonna Jeff is going to have to step in and make the person tell the truth. That I hate that. That I do not like at all. Well, wait, do we do we know if that's confirmed? Uh, if that's if that is true, I don't like it. Um, because again, I think it just doesn't reward so it, it doesn't reward social game as much as I would like it to reward social game. So if that does happen, then that that's annoying. Again, I like the idea of stealing advantage, but it just may be too much. Um, again though. This is this these advantages were made. Um, okay, so he says he says in the comments it's not confirmed. So that's what a okay. lot of people seem to think. Um, I'm thinking that when they made this steal advantage, they're saying, "Oh, well, not everyone's going to tell everyone who has the advantages." But so far, on every single tribe, basically except for Nasir, and again, we don't really know about Nasir yet because we didn't show they didn't show us, but. It's seemingly on every single tribe. Everyone knows who has what advantages. So in that case, it's just an easy move for Liana to know who to go up to. And it doesn't really reward any kind of social game or anything. Um, so I'm curious to see how this plays out. Bottom line. I just found from, <laughs> if anyone can't see me, I'm literally like zooming into the notes to try to see if I can read something to get more information. Because I, again, to uh, Bonilla's point, I don't know who's going to make them tell the truth, whether she gives them the notes whether production says something in confessionals. I don't know what what's going to happen there. I did find out the last time this advantage can be used is when there are six players left in the game. So there are 12 people right now. Liana still has six more vote outs that she can use this. So she's going to use it before then. Um, that's just a point of clarification. 
Um, oh, Dylan, you must, this must be asked at tribal council before the votes are cast. Wow. So, so yeah, so, so, Jeff, so Jeff's going to have to step in. So, well, but well, if she asks at tribal, Jeff will step in. If it's like at camp, then, and I, I, I have a feeling Liana may disrupt the ebb and flow of the game and she may ask somebody at tribal to really get them to like get locked up there. Um, she could ask at camp. Then I guess in, in that case, production would say something. But so now this is going to be a whole thing where they're at tribal council at Emerge and Liana is, um, oh my God. So, you know, sometimes we see on Survivor Dylan where people don't reveal their idol and they, and they pull it out after the votes are cast. Sometimes we see people like a Tony or, or a Russell, they'll put it around their neck or something. That would just be the biggest egg on your face. If someone's like, you know what? You can't get rid of me tonight. I have something. Liana turns to them and says, hey, like, you know, do you have an idol? And like, she she just gets it for free just by asking that. So this, this that's going to be very interesting. In my opinion, this is like like the idol, idol nullifier, but it's almost a way more powerful version because Liana's getting that idol. But here's the thing, and this could be a double-edged sword because now if she steals an idol or an advantage at tribal council, every single person in a merged tribe is going to know that she has that advantage. So she has to make a decision and say, and say, I already know where the advantage is. Is it worth it for me to steal it? Or is it worth it for me to just fly under the radar like I already am? Interesting decision. Because I think it could be a double-edged sword. Like, like the, you know? The, the only way people wouldn't know about it is if it's kind of like this whole extra vote thing from the summit where it's like, you'll you'll secretly get it at tree mail. So that's the only way that yeah. people wouldn't know about right. it. But I mean, we, we don't know. Also, I'm laughing because... um. On Twitter, Brian Scally tweeted out um, that I um, because of this knowledge is power. He's like, I, th I think Shan has already used this advantage twice because Shan is just getting advantages. Uh -huh. from people. But, <laughs> that um, is funny. Um, but no, this is um, I, and I can't wait to watch other podcasts because I know people are going to rip this one, rip this advantage a new one. But it, it's uh, it's a lot, Dylan. It's a lot. Yes, and the last thing we have to talk about here on this podcast. So then, obviously, after that, we go to Ua and we go to the whole vote out. Um, Jeannie gets voted out once again, but it's voted out 2-1. Ua now a tribe of two. And next time on Survivor, we see drop your buffs. Everyone goes merge. And then Jeff goes, well, kind of. So we are going to clearly see some kind of unconventional merge. I don't know what this means. I don't know if you have any speculation on what you think it means. I don't know if it means that they're just going to go to two tribes. And maybe he's just like saying, well, not exactly. And just like it just goes to two tribes instead. I'm curious to see what you think is going to happen. My gut is telling me they're going to do something similar to what they did. Well, I don't know if they've exactly done this, but they're going to do something, I think, where they're going to split this the, the cast. They now have 12 people. My guess is they're going to split the 12 people into six tribes. Sorry, no, no, no sorry. Two tribes and <laughs> six. Wow, I could not. Could you imagine six tribes of two? That's ugh. Um, <laughs> two tribes split the 12 people into two tribes of six. And I think that both will have to vote somebody out, getting us to 10. And then we merge. That's my guess. Because the other thing that we saw briefly in the next time on is that on the sand, there was a giant, like, yellow bubble or a giant yellow cover. And I'm wondering if Jeff uncovers it, there's like spots. It's like you pick a spot and like that's your random tribe. I don't know. That's my guess. Because clearly it's not a straight up merge because we wouldn't have had that teaser. So 
we're going to get some type of vote out or some type of thing before we get people all together. So that's my guess. Two tribes, you vote so, somebody out and then you merge. I have a, I'm just going to call it my own theory of what it could be. I think it's completely possible that what happens that you have, I think it's completely possible that what you said happens split into two tribes of six, each per each, t each tribe votes someone out, merge a 10. That seems like the most logical scenario. My guess is that he, cause he goes, well, not exactly. So my guess is that they draw wrong. Okay. This is a crazy scenario. I don't know if this is realistic and you could let me know what you think, but he kind of made it seem like it's going to be a half merge. Well, what is a half merge in my opinion? I think it's possible that they draw rocks, maybe like four out of the 12 people left get put on a tribe of four and the rest are merged. Okay. Oh, I'm, I think, so I think, I think what that would mean is everyone competes in individual immunity in, 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 or in an individual immunity challenge. If those four people, if one of those four people wins, then, um, then they well that well hold on those four people are going to tribal council no matter what but if that individual person wins immunity then they would be safe if none of them win immunity then it's just that one of the people um who already well that, then that would be weird because then they they would automatically not be going to tribal council but i think it's gonna be some kind of thing like that I, again i didn't iron out this idea completely <laughs> but, but I'll, my, I'll my, my guess you know what may, you know what here's what it maybe is maybe it's like uneven tribes or something like that of like eight and four. I think it's just going to be some kind of weird half merge type thing um, that goes on. And again, I, I, I need to do more math in my head and calculations to see how this would work, but maybe it is eight people merge and are safe tonight. And then four people get draw rocks and have to go to tribal that night. They compete for immunity. And then those four people like are, are one tribe for one episode and vote someone well, out and then they're merged after so i do you know what i mean it's I, I could see like a half merge type thing happening it, it's a little well, complicated but that's my the, idea well the interesting thing is that we've seen in survivor we've seen a couple examples of fake merges like if, if i mean this has been a long time since i've seen the season so i might be butchering this but in survivor thailand i think that um at one point the two tribes got together and they were on the same beach for like a night or a, a whole day or something and then at one point jeff shows up and he was like, oh, I never physically said the words, you're merged, you're not merged, go back, go back to your camps. And they were like, oh, my God. And then some, and then somebody got voted out. Um, but then and, and then also then in Gabon, I, I know you and I actually watched Gabon in the offseason as part of, you know, a lot of shows, seasons that we rewatched. Um, there was a moment, Dylan, where the two tribes got together on the sand and they had a uh, merge feast. And then they open up a box and it's like, no, you're going to actually go into two new tribes, vote out one person, and then you're merged. It, actually, Gabon merged at nine, which is very, very weird. But I, I think you're right. But no, no, but I'm sorry. This is the thing I want to say, though. But that was because they had an assumption and then they found out later, oh, it's not really a merge. It was a fake merge. They were told at this, um, this, um, in this preview, Jeff's like, uh, you are merged. Uh, not exactly. So he's already teeing it up, which is why I feel like it's going to be something really weird and interesting. I think my theory makes sense. Your theory seems really interesting, too. Uh, Kay Bonilla says in the chat, uh, he thinks that it might be three tribes of four people. Um, so, you know, I think that's possible as well. I think that would be interesting. It's like, you're already in three tribes. We're going to just swap and then go to, um, 
three tribes of four. Now the question would be, do you only vote out one person and then you merge? You vote out two people? Do you vote out three? I think there's a lot of interesting ways that they, they can do this, honestly. I have, yeah, I, I, okay, I have another theory. Okay. What if they split, what if they don't necessarily merge, but every tribe is going to tribal council together? And like they, like, so how do I describe this? They have an individual immunity challenge. One or two people are safe. Like, let's just say top man and top woman are safe. Like they've done that in the past. Okay. Yeah. But everyone goes to tribal together and has to vote someone out. And they have to use those cross tribe bonds to kind of figure stuff out. Um, I, again, I don't know if they'll have the same, if they'll, if they'll be able to strategize together or they'll just go back to their original beaches and they'll all show, have to show up at tribal council together, but something crazy is going to happen. I don't know what it is. We could speculate for, 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 you know, hours here about what it could be. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm really excited. I mean, that's the point of the, the, the promo. The point of the promo was to get you excited to tune in next week. And they got me, I was tuning in anyway, but they got me very excited about what this could mean. I'm sure, like you said, we're going to leave this podcast and we're going to think about two or three brand new ideas that they could do. So it's very exciting. All righty. And yeah, that is, that is, that wraps us up pretty much for tonight. We got it. You know, that was, that was a lot of strategy talk, a lot to talk about, but another great episode tonight. I was just going to say the last thing that I have to mention. And while I'm mentioning this, if anybody happens to have any comments or any questions, feel free to put them in the chat and we will quickly go over it. We know we started later. It's already 1130 on the East coast, but um, we'll be wrapping up soon. The one thing I want to mention, Dylan, is to go back to Shannon Ricard's conversation that we uh, hinted at earlier in the episode, just because I thought this was just such a interesting conversation between two strategic players. And I think it showed us two things. One, it showed us that Ricard really is savvy. I know Shan's been getting a lot of credit both on the show and also online. People are really into Shan. But this shows that Ricard is also not to be overlooked because he clearly outlines to her, it makes no strategic sense for me to give you this back because then I have no value and you're just going to, you could easily just vote me out just like you did to JD. So why would I give this to you? The same move, like you said, Dylan, the same move you try to pull on JD last week that worked. It ain't going to JD's 20 years old. I don't know. I don't know how old Ricard is, but Ricard is more seasoned seasons in life. Like he's not going to fall for the same thing that JD, a 20 year old kid fell for. Um, like you're not going to pull this on me. It makes no strategic sense for me to give this to you. So he outlined it perfectly. So that's number one. And then number two, this shows me, and we talked about this before. And I think Jordan said this last week as well. Shan is a really good player. We've seen her do really well. She's great socially. She's good strategically. Um, Shan, how do I put this? How do I put this nicely? I feel like Shan has a a big need for control. I think that yeah. I'm, not, I'm not calling her sloppy. I'm not calling her, maybe she's overplaying a little bit, but like she, I think she needs to control every aspect of the vote. And this time she didn't get her way because Ricard didn't give it back to her, but they were able to work it out and Jeannie still went home. I'm wondering at the merge or in the fake merge or whatever it is, we're going to see maybe someone else not go Shan's way and they're like, I'm not going to budge. And then in this time, Shan's like, okay, well, I'm going to vote you out because you're not doing what I want. And I feel like Shan, even though she's a great player, needs to have a lot of control. Look, in, on one hand, she's been forced to play tribal council so many times. On the other hand, I do feel like she's doing a little bit a little bit too much, and I do worry for her going forward because of that. Yeah. You do have yeah. one question. Oh, okay. What's up? 
I said, I said, okay, get the, get the question up. And we get, we get, we get, we get, you know, love to have the fan questions. So we have our last fan question here from K Benia 2.0. Do you guys think the men are afraid that a woman's alliance might be coming since Danny said a lot of men have been voted out? I think that's definitely a concern. I think, I mean, we saw, again, we saw Danny, um, we saw Danny afraid of that. And I think that Deshaun's probably afraid of that. Um, and look, if there is an all-woman alliance coming at the merge, then those guys are in trouble because we know Danny's going to be a phenomenal individual challenge player. Um, so I think that there, of course, there's reason to be to be nervous about that. If you're a male, I think I, I do think it's very interesting though that like that thought even came to their minds because they're thinking really far ahead, and so I, I give them tons of props for like even thinking like that. Yeah, well, so far we've lost six people this season. We've lost, I think, four males and two females. So the uh, the, the women do have the, the numbers right now. Um, I do get the sense, though, that some of the women may not be for it, which is also why we see sometimes that women's alliances just they rarely work on Survivor or Big Brother just because people try to include others and then someone's just not up for it and then it falls apart. But, um, I mean, let me, let me pose you a quick question. Do you think if Sydney was approached – for a women's alliance, would she do it? Because to me, she seems very tight with Danny and Deshaun. So I feel like she would not go along with it. And I'm not saying that would tank a women's alliance, but I feel like the men might be afraid. I just don't think a women's alliance is, is going to happen. I think she would be like, she'd try to play the middle in that case. She well, if she plays the middle, I still think she sticks with Danny and Deshaun. Yes, and then- yes, yes, but I think she plays the middle in terms of like, she gets information from them, but she doesn't actually... She's like a double agent, basically. She gets information from the women, but she is not actually with them. I mean, listen, I could see a scenario where Liana and Shan are going to, they seem tight based on the summit. Tiffany seems very tight with Liana. So I could see maybe them trying to work together. Maybe they pull in like an Erica, but we've already seen now that Sydney does not like Erica because Erica said her name. So that's one problem. Tiffany and Sydney did not get along because of what happened with Brad at the, um, at the nighttime summit thing. So that's another thing. Um, we also saw that tonight um, in confessional, Tiffany's like, I I like Evie, but Evie is probably more devious than I think. And she's closer to Xander than she's letting on. So Tiffany may not trust Evie at some point. So I feel like to answer Boney's question, I think the men are certainly afraid of it because they are noticing it. But I, I don't think it's going to come to fruition. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of phenomenal points there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to wrap it up, once again, if you're like, if you're watching this video, be sure to like it. Be sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, and be sure to, you know, subscribe on Apple, Spotify. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Soul Survivor Pod at, uh, and on Instagram at Soul Survivor Pod. I want to thank. Also, we had one user who gave us a beautiful five star review on Woo! Apple Podcasts. So thank you for that. that. Whoever that was, obviously the name was not. It wasn't a visible name for me to see. Otherwise, I would shout them out. Um, but yes, I recommend, you know, it'd be great. Look, we love the five-star reviews. So if you, you know, are feeling happy on the day, want to head over to Apple, give us a five-star review and rating. That would be absolutely great. And thank you to the one person who did that. We appreciate you more than you know. Listen, All right. We like to be liked. Everybody likes to be well, liked. So, we, so we, we, we appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right. So our normal, our normal wrap-up, Ryan. Our normal wrap-up. Um, there was a lot tonight. A uh, really fun podcast, Dylan. Really like talking about everything. I cannot wait for whatever is next week. Merge, fake merge, fake swap, whatever it is. I can't wait to dive into it. But as for now, we have nothing else to discuss, nothing else to share, nothing else for you. So as always, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.